You're listening to an Art Gallery of Ontario podcast. AGO Talks are recorded live in the gallery and feature artists, writers, and curators exploring how art shapes and inspires us. Please visit us online at agonet slash talks. Hello, I am Alison Watt. I'm an artist from Vancouver Island. I was overwhelmed at first with the prospect of choosing something in a museum full of art. At first I wandered, overstimulated, unable to choose, unable to focus. I finally found myself in the impressive Henry Moore room and settled down to making notes on the maquettes strewn around the massive room like the eroded remains of giants. After a few minutes of exhausting poetic focus, I realized I needed a coffee. On the way to the cafeteria, I passed a glass display case full of small Inuit sculpture. The sculptures were of such an extremely different scale from the more work I had been looking at, I felt an almost vertiginous swoop as I was drawn into the miniature. Here was the whole tangible and imaginary world of the Inuit, tiny fistfuls of sharply concentrated life condensed into something that could be carried in a pocket. They were exquisitely carved in bone and walrus ivory, polar bears, geese, ducks, whole seabird colonies fastened onto chunks of rock, mythological creatures, seals with human faces, hunched bird spirits. And then there were two small figures, a male and a female, fastened on their backs, side by side, on the snow-white cloth of the case, gazing up. They were startling in that they were crudely rendered, as if hurriedly, with only essential elements of the naked human body. And yet, they were as eloquent as Henry Moore's sprawling giants. There are many things that I don't know about them that no one knows. They say that most of the small sculpture made after contact was for trade. I prefer to try to think of why someone might have carved them so long ago, the art form of their ancestors to carry with them as talismans, as representations of the longed-for absent. My lingering questions are, who made them? Why are they so simple? And how did they manage to stay together? Perhaps their life together has been as mundane as living in a bungalow in a suburb, but I imagine something more fantastic for them, a life of adventure, during which they, beyond all odds, manage not to lose each other. The poem has four sections, and I will pause between them. The last section takes us to the landscape I live in on Vancouver Island, as far as you can get from the harsh minimalism of the far north. It is a generous landscape where the Pacific Northwest peoples made monumental sculpture, perhaps evocative of the Henry Moore figures. Two figures, Alaska, early 20th century, permanent collection, Art Gallery of Ontario. Carved from bone a hundred years ago, White moonlight blows through chinks in snow blocks. A naked man and woman just big enough to fit in a palm, to keep her company while he is hunting. Carried in a skin pouch with a knife that opens sealed throats, to remind him that she waits for him to return. Taken from their hiding place in a bag packed for the sanatorium at night when the electric lights were turned off, 
The hunter's great-grandson holds the figures and his hands ache for his wife's breasts. After his return, dropped in a snowdrift by his children who chant, we will come back for you in the spring. There were melts and freezes. There were years of starvation and migration, icebreakers and C-37s, every kind of leaving and every way to lose each other. One Sunday, his right hand is broken off in a fall onto the stone floor of the church, and for a time he is alone with the priest, who calls him obscene. He lies in a white display case so close he can almost touch her. She stares straight up. What I like best are the things that are chipped away in you. He smiles faintly. Remember how we fit together perfectly, how once we gleamed as if we were made for each other? Listen, love, the wind is up. Winter tides beach their dead. Salmon and tree roots washed from the river that runs through this green land. We fashion ourselves over and over from what the world gives us. I will find a piece of weathered cedar, carve two small figures to carry with me, a permanent recollection wrapped in a piece of that old sweater. I will lie beside you forever, touching your belly with my silver hand. Thank you for listening to this Art Guy of Ontario podcast. For additional recordings, as well as information on upcoming programming and events, please visit us online at ago.net slash talks.